Hi and welcome to this very special bonus episode of Progressive Palaver. This episode is something entirely different, and it is entirely a bonus episode, and, um, you know, you're under no obligation to actually listen to it. What this was, recently I had the opportunity to travel back to Pennsylvania and see a series of Yes concerts with, with Paul. And we had the opportunity while I was there for four of us to get together. This doesn't happen very often anymore. And we met up at a restaurant for dinner, and we just placed a recorder in the middle of the table. So what you're about to hear, should you choose to listen, is a very noisy recording. And it's not a normal episode in the fact that it's not scripted. Um, it's not, you know, planned out. It's, it's really just an organic conversation among four friends in a fairly noisy restaurant. Um, you know, it's, it's lighthearted. It's, it's sort of without direction, but, um, you know, it, in the chance that, you know, some of you really enjoy, you know, uh, listening, we thought we'd put it out there for you. So again, you know, if it's not for you, you know, it, I fully understand it. Uh, it certainly is not our normal um, format or or recording um, quality. But there again, it's there. And if you like it, great. If you don't, hey, that's good too. Please uh, be sure to come back for the regular episodes that we will be continuing um, as we move um, through the first part of the Yes catalog. Uh, moving into uh, King's X, and from there, we'll decide where we go. So once again, thank you so much for listening to Progressive Collaborative. Managed to convene in person for some nosh at uh, Isaac Newton's American Fun Food and Drink, beautiful Newtown, Pennsylvania. And this is in preparation for the uh, night two of the special concert series featuring yes, featuring ARW. Yeah, I don't know what to do with that, Ken. Just, just tear it apart. So anyway, we're, there you are listening to yes. Yes songs? Oh, so on the way here, I don't know, I type yes into the YouTubes and I pull up yes songs 40 years after. Apparently, there were kids who bought this triple album for the value because they played their entire previous catalog. Anything worthwhile on the three previous albums was there. Was, was played again on Yes songs, so you didn't have to buy the previous albums to be hip on Yes, you had all the songs in this one pack, so there you go. with Fiction, Roger Dean, Artwork. There you go. Yeah. Joking yeah. So, okay. and, 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 and I get here, and I mention it, and Paul, you say that someone in your family bought that. No, no shit, everybody bought it. Yeah. In fact, in Germany, they sold a million copies. In Germany? Yeah. Really? Yeah. There you go. So I was at Barry Manilow, and I was telling my sister Deb about this. She was freaking out. She was like, I, I went and saw it. Yes. 
That's great. At the spectrum in the round, I'm pretty sure it was either I want to say it was either the relay tour. Oh wow. Or possibly even no, it wasn't relay. That wasn't in the round. It was probably the one you heard. Mono. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The good album. The good album. <laughs> Thank God. Please. Oh, so boy, I had such a hard time defending that album. <laughs> and you guys could have been a whole lot rougher on me than you were. <laughs> well, but see, that's the funny thing. When I go back to, to listen to these albums in preparation for this podcast, oftentimes, you know, I'll go into an album like Tormato or Marillion.com with extremely negative sort of predisposition and I'll listen to it you know in sort of a more critical bent and I'm like well that's you know there well there's something redeeming here and this isn't so terrible and I find myself not nearly as as viscerally negative as I would have thought beforehand so and was that true of Tormato as well? Yeah. I mean Tormato's still a piece of crap don't get me wrong but Tomato is brilliant for what it is. <laughs> well, your description of what it is is brilliant. It's just, it's just Rick Wakeman's monitor mix at a spontaneous live show in the parking lot of an elementary school. And Steve Howe was kind of stoned that day. <laughs> Now, if you if you watch him in some of the live videos, he de he developed like the more athletic look of the guys in the bunch. For whatever reason, John kind of stays in one place. Does he still do that? Does he kind yeah. of stay in one place? We were actually just talking about that. Yeah, I mean, he's 72 now, so you yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. But he he was on like a platform last night. It didn't really move too far off the platform. He really did grab his heart. Oh. Or the guitar that he plays. Yeah. With only one. Well, he, he it looks like he knows two chords, <laughs> but he only chooses to play one. <laughs> well, the athletic guy in the bunch, by the time Tomato came around, is Steve Howe. He, he does kind of move yeah, when they're in the round. He's moving, yeah. He's, he's got that run like he's in a sci-fi movie and he's an actor and he, he wants to run but he can't run that far so he's gonna like kind of run in slow motion. So. Steve Howe's also done the Steve Howe bounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that thing too. He's in terrific shape for his age too. He's all into like the vegan eating yeah. and uh, everything, uh, everything like that. Which is something I'm learning a lot the more I listen to podcasts about current musicians, whether they're young or old, they're all like, they all talk about like getting turned on to like vegan eating and how much it helps them on tour, stay, stay in shape and stay in good, in good form. I wonder if Trevor has gone vegan. I wonder too. Because Trevor looks totally different from a year ago. Really? Yeah, he, he looks he looks very good. La last year, I was a little scared for him, not going to lie. He was a little pale, something. His face was really wide. Yeah. 
Wakeman's a big guy. He's quite large. In fact, we, we, oh, yeah? we, we don't realize how large he is with the cape on like, during the, the yeah, live yeah, performances. Yeah, yeah. But then, as he moves around, you start to realize this, he's, he's a big dude anyway. Right? Yeah. He's really tall. Yeah. So he's, He's um, you know, he's had a few few extra cocktails that we've seen. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. Wakeman would be a lot of fun. Like here in a pub. Like, oh you had to oh, pick yeah. One guy, you pick Wakeman. Exactly. So, yeah. If there's. Yeah. Does he ever talk? Uh, not during the show, but if you if you want if you want a good laugh, like check out some stuff on YouTube with him. Like I don't know if you ever saw his he came all of music right? yeah. So that so there's a whole You gotta do your own brother. There's a they did an acoustic, like an unplugged type concert. It was like a live thing. And they were so they spent like the whole day getting ready for it. And somebody recorded like the rehearsals that were happening. He narrates it. <laughs> it is really funny. Yeah, probably I would imagine that Rick Wakeman would drink me under the table pretty quickly. Yeah, I think he just goes to me. Did he say like there were entertainers in his family or um, his dad was yeah, I think, yeah. Apparently. And maybe his mother, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean so when he does stand up at award ceremonies and when he narrates documentaries, he's, he's pulling from a rich tradition. Yeah. Well, his treatment on that Roger Dean documentary was hilarious. Oh, that I have to, I still have to watch that. Yeah. I've decided I want a Roger Dean in some shape or form. I probably can't afford a real Roger Dean, but you can order them uh, right on. Have you been on his uh, webpage yet? They're not that expensive. I think the prints are fairly, and then you just gotta get them free. I mean, if you're talking about Yeah, but, like, the last time I was on there, they didn't really have some of the ones that I wanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you talking about covers, or is other artwork? Yeah, I'd, I'd like something that was a, a yes cover. What would you like? Honestly, I'm fixated on... Asia's Alpha, the Pyramid of the Jungle with the, uh, with the eagle. Yeah. Um... The cover for the ladder. Yeah, that's a good one. And there was another one. I would love Relayer because we talked about Relayer on that episode. And, and and on that on that documentary, he goes into great detail about um, that that cover oh, yeah. and and why he feels it's it's very powerful even though it's you know it doesn't have the strong colors that he normally uses and it's like oh that's great but it is sort of you know the 
the power in it is very subtle. It's very monochromatic. Right. And I, I think if I wanted, if I was going to hang a Roger Dean print, I would like something that really pops out at you. Yeah. Does anyone actually have close to the edge, such as you know, it has all the artwork? Yes, I've got one of the remasters that has the uh, the artwork on the, the inside. I want to say Vic has it on vinyl. It's just such a tease. The cover itself is yeah. a tease. Yeah. yeah. The uh, I should say Vic had it. You know, I don't know if he kept on to all vinyl through all his uh, travels. So Ken, you had the uh, the joy of being with us at the talk show in Nashville, right? Back in 96, 95? Wasn't high energy. So imagine our surprise last night when, boom, in the middle of nowhere, they start playing a song from Talk. And funny you should use the phrase, not high energy, because they chose I Am Waiting, which is like the most not high energy song on the album. Except for, except for the violent guitar part. So yeah, there you go. Oh. Well, within context of the set, did they achieve something? I mean, did they need? Great. Thank you. Have you ever seen this? Did you ever go to any of them? You busy tomorrow night? Come on, three shows? Yeah. Wow. We're either hardcore or really stupid. I haven't quite figured out which one yet. Are there tickets available? Probably. I just want to go there tonight and see if I can. So you were asking, though, if they had accomplished something with this song? Yeah. It's wait, waiting. What is it called? I am waiting. I am waiting. I'm waiting to hear if it was any good. Yeah, I mean it was it was a wonderful rendition and we talked about it on the uh, the other episode. What's what's funny about it is it's like the one song on the album where Trevor didn't go keyboard happy. So there's really not a whole lot for for Rick to do. Which is odd because why wouldn't you there's so much else on that album. Where Trevor is very, I don't know, bombastic, yeah, you know, on the on the keyboard, and they chose this one. Oh wait, who was actually on the drop out? It was um, Raven, Anderson, White, Squire, and Kay. Hey, but Kay doesn't. It was the big generator lineup. But Kay only is credited with playing the Hammond organ on that. And there's like this much Hammond organ on it. But he was on the tour. He was on the tour. Right. Even though Trevor... Played the keyboard. Exactly. Well, wait. What was, what was the scenario where everybody walked away? That was after drama. After drama. Who was what? Um, Squire and White. Uh, 
Steve Howe and Jeff Downs, depending on your perspective. Right. See, but again, that story doesn't line up. Because as, as Steve Howe related it, he was working with Wedden. They were going to be a guitar trio, and Steve said, Hey, you got to bring my boy Jeff on over. So, maybe maybe he, during that interview, he forgot about the interview he gave when he said that <laughs> he and Jeff Downs were sitting there thinking they could be yes if they wanted to be. Clarity on these questions. All right, so on this particular tour, um, looking at uh, Raymond on guitar, looking at Wakeman on keys, they each, they each get different opportunities to shine. So, so what is the big moment for Raven? What is the big moment for Wakeman? I mean, don't get me wrong. Trevor, Trevor grabs a lot of big moments for himself. But I, my, my thinking is, and. and when he plays that that first opening hook on Owner of a Lonely Heart, he like he reverts to you know 30 year old rock god Trevor Raven, and you can just tell he still gets off on the whole thing because you know it's obviously it's a it's sort of a this this big part right. He can really get the the white man's overbite going, and everyone goes ape shit, and he just sucks it all up. Yeah, yeah. And then ironically, and I don't, you know, Paul, you can give your, your opinion. And, and one of the things we talked about is, is Rick Wakeman, generally speaking, is so even keeled. It's almost like he's bored back there being a genius, right? But at the end of Owner of a Lonely Heart, when he straps on the keytar, the keytar and does his little thing, you know, it's like, and, and I think Paul, you said that, it's like, he kind of comes to life. So ironically, Owner of a Lonely Heart really does a lot of that. Um, I would say that Rick Wakeman's big part is during Awaken, you know, he has a big in middle keyboard solo. And then the rest of the night is complete trouble. So ARW always has Awaken in the set. Well, they have the two times we've so, seen them. So far, we'll let you know tomorrow. I do hope at some point they actually deliver on their their threat or promise of a studio album, like with new music. Yeah. Because I really want to. I want to hear that. They are working on it, aren't they? I saw the headline go by that it's taking a really long time. Well, yeah, it was supposed to be out before the first tour. <laughs> it started different than I'm working. On. I mean, there was there was an interview with Trevor Raven that I heard 
you know, before the, the first tour last year started, where he claims that, that you know, the, the tour is taking a long time to put together because they, were, they wanted to finish up the studio stuff. Wow. Well, guess what, buddy? We don't really need a full album. I'd be happy with a single. Why are you going to be like that, man? <laughs> we might have a better shot of getting a single before one or all will die than a full album. <laughs> You could still have three pages of Roger being on for a single. You could. Well, but do we know? I, I don't know that ARW got Roger Dean. Probably not. I think I think Steve kept Roger. Really? Well, they're using um, based on the shirts that I saw. They're using some of the Roger Dean Yes logo. Extraordinarily complicated legally. Can we use it? Can we not use it? I don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think Roger Dean's probably like, probably owns the copyright. I mean, should I take more money for a logo that I designed 60 years ago? <laughs> Yeah, I think I will. Well, it's been a, a busy month on a totally different subject. It's been a busy month for Weasel Zappa. He posted an update. So, nothing could be more complicated than licensing the Zappa name because his siblings are at war with him over, yes, Weasel's not in the family trust. And the two that are in the family trust want all the money. But he actually has the skills and the talent and the people to perform the music. Yeah, But they say basically, yeah, you can go out and perform the music. We want all the money. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. It's a long read. Like, you can set up six. Another beer? Another two beer? No? Yeah, he, he posted something like a year ago that was kind of groundbreaking. And then he posted something this week that was an update. And it's like, yeah, despite all the flowery things that the family trust will say now and then again, here is my reality. Basically, he gets no merchandise. But rock bands kind of only make money on merchandise. So, yeah. well, he, he used to tour under the name Weasel, Weasel or Zappa, Zappa. Zappa plays. Right. And, then, and then the family said he couldn't, couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, his own sibling said you can't say that. What's the backstory? Why is he not in the truck? I don't know anything about him. Because they're all jealous of his bad guitar skills. <laughs> they don't have a good reason? Like, the, like uh, Frank Zappin didn't hate his guts or something? I don't know why he's not in the truck. Maybe Frank just saw... Still back in here. Still back in here. Oh. Weasel can play with my shit. He'll be fine. Oh. I don't know. I'm just... It's sad to hear. 
Yeah. He had a couple of really good solo albums. He worked a lot with Nuno Bedford, an extreme fan. Nuno, Nuno sang one of those songs, and Louisa Zappa plays the intro song on a song by Extreme in Corner of the Feet 2. Really? Like, I believe it's called He Man Woman Here. And it's killer. Just a really, like, it's like an eight bar solo. It's fantastic. So, I think he should stretch out. Let go of the. Just change his name? No, you should just... <laughs> well, if you think of all the people who are alive who played with him, who would love to work, and, you know, and, and do this tour in a profitable way, not just charity. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little weird. Well, it's certainly not lying in the pockets of someone who's just sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah. But Dweezil could get a lot of gigs and do a lot of different things. It's not like he's... I think he is emotionally invested in reproducing the songs of his body. Which I has got to make it harder. Well, I mean, I barely know anything about it, so I really just know. Yeah. There's a lot of people... I mean, I mean, I saw Zappo play Zappo once, and it was actually very, very good. Was Ahmed Zappo with him? Because they used to do stuff together too. No, I don't recall. Yeah, I don't recall. So are those the two that are in the trust, Ahmet and Moon? Uh, they used to do. They used to, used to go like this. Ahmet and Diva are in the trust. Oh, so what about Moon? I'm just pulling this out of my head. Oh, Dweezil and Moon were given smaller portions of the Zappa family trust following Gail's death. So it had something to do with Gail's death. So, yeah. But it's just funny. If you read everything that Weasel has put in his long explanation, he's had to change the name like twice. And the new name was just bizarre and ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, because one of his tours, I think it was. It was something like Weasel's Apple Plays or whatever the fuck he wants. It's the name of the I think. Tour. I think <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> his name. You know, it's not like... Exactly. He's not allowed to play with his own name. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it seems to me, back to the subject of yes, that they've been incredibly grown up about sharing their, their Roger Dean logo. Puts it in perspective. Yeah. And, and, and after, the, after the ARW name change, I saw some little snippet with Steve Howe saying, or maybe I read it, and he's like, you know, John's got every right to the yes name as, as I do. He's been singing it for a long time, which... Okay. Nice. I just want you all to know you can use surface tension anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It would be...
would be fun if there was a way to have a surface tension episode of the Palaver, but it would only be interesting, obviously, to us, so there's really not much point in doing that. Yeah, we'd have to actually play the song. Right, we'd have to make them available and hope act, you know, yeah. someone actually listens. Even but. though we have over 100 listens, we still are not positive whether or not this may only be interesting to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's no feedback. No one's emailed any questions yet. The inbox is empty. <laughs> have, have, have we been rated a bunch on but, iTunes but, or, or Google? Or no, we haven't been rated at all. I haven't checked Google Play. I think I, I, think I let's, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens since we screwed up the name of the bass player today. Okay. Because I think if that's going to generate some, some internet... Flashback? Yeah, Jay will probably know who's Mike Gordon. Uh, from Dream Theater? Yes, right? So yep. We basically spent all last night crediting him for playing bass for ERW last night. Um, when actually, so. it's Lee Pomeroy. Yeah. yeah. So we were not close. It's a big mistake. Not close at all. Ken, the day I had yesterday, I'm entirely excused for making that mistake. He totally, totally is. And I just, I should be reprimanded for not taking the time to actually look at myself. Yeah. Even though I knew, I was like, that doesn't sound right. Well, and, like, and I think I've heard that name before. So, so there's, there, there's also a reason for this, and you guys may not be aware, but the Palaver now has a Twitter account. So, I created it yesterday morning in, on my way to the airport. Oh, wow. How many tweets have you made? Two or three? You've got to make more tweets than that, dude. Well, and start tagging Donald Trump in them, and then that will probably, oh, that will, that will probably help us with our because popularity. Sad. No sad. <laughs> so, so, what happened was I made it, and I, you know, I, I started following... Official yes, yes featuring ARW and all these people. And I mean, yesterday was kind of a whirlwind. And so what happened was, at some point, I opened up the Twitter feed last night, and Mike Portnoy's name came up, and that's where I locked onto it because I'm like, I, it never occurred to me that the drummer for Dream Theater would show up on my Twitter feed, you know, when it, so. And like I said, there was a lot of extenuating circumstances yesterday, so. You know, my apologies to everyone. We understand who Lee Pomeroy is and that he's not Mike Portnoy. Okay. Or, or Dweezil Zappa. Or Dweezil Zappa. <laughs> but for what it's worth, I, I support Dweezil Zappa entirely. Yes, let's bring him on. Let's interview him. Let him tell us tell the 60 people that follow That's right. <laughs> Well, it's weird that we have 60 people who follow our Facebook page, and yet we have like a solid dozen who have listened to our our episodes. Yeah. Because if you look, if you look at the um, if you look at the stats, like episode one has a whole bunch of, of plays. Yeah. And then two through five, I think, which are out right now, all have right around the same, somewhere between 15 and 20. So. It's very similar to the whole entire uh, listening audience of Marillion, right? <laughs> they have the most of their first four albums, and then that's true. From number five on, basically, just a small following of fans across the world. A small but very devoted following. Very true. Okay, yeah, Lee Pomeroy recorded with um, 
Jeff Lynn from ELO. Sweet. Steve Hackett, Rick Wakeman. Um, wow. Well, how about this? Who was the drummer last night? Who's the drummer? Yeah. Yeah. Is it this guy? Yeah, Lou Molino. Okay. So Lou Molino has played with, get this, Trevor Raven, yep. Julian Lennon, Kim Mitchell, Kenny Loggins, Roger Hodgson, who is from... Supertramp. That's amazing. And The Tubes. Yes, he was, he was in... He was in Fee's last incarnation of The Tubes, and when ARW was originally put together... Right. The other guy, Cambra, Richard Cambra or something, Cambra was supposed to be the fifth member. And somewhere he he dropped out. I, I would suspect that once they got, at that point, the six of them together, there wasn't a whole lot for this Cambra guy to do. And he's like, whatever. Or they were like, dude, we don't need you. Have a nice day. Because this... This five piece that they have is really phenomenal. It's it's off the charts. Wow. Would you would you say this this Molina guy is more of a grouper and more of a Paul Paul addresses that in the episode. He's he's like right in the middle. Like he has perfect, perfect. he has his jazzy sensibilities you'd like, but he can be a straight ahead rock and roll drummer. And the best move that he has is he sings throughout the night. And he's got the uh, microphone out in front on this moon stand with like one of those goosenecks. And he basically like, you know, in the midst, like when he needs it, he'll like be playing, I'll get to a part and he'll just reach up and just like swing it around to him and continue playing and sing. And then when he's done he'll just like push it aside while he's playing. And there was there was one stretch, I don't know what was going on with it, but he ended up grabbing it and he's playing the rhythm with yes. one hand yeah, while yeah. he's holding the, the mic until he needed until he was done and then he just put it back and away he goes. I mean, he's and, and he's one of these guys where he just makes it look so fluid and, and effortless. I mean, he's just you know, I, I can't really describe it. Yeah, it reminded me of, of the old days when Jay would like put his arm in his shirt. <laughs> 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 Okay, so in the current yes is that is that sure Bill, yeah, Billy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So and in ARW who's singing the Chris Pomeroy. Yeah, Lee, Lee Pomeroy does most of it. And that that's one thing else I wanted to bring up, Paul, that I found interesting last night. For the most part, not entirely, but for the most part, Trevor does not sing on old yes songs. Just doesn't. Which, you know, I think if he chose to he could really add something there but he, he seems to I, I'm not I'm not sure why but that's interesting you're right I mean but he does all the, the key like Steve Palfrey well yeah, yeah there, there are certain things that he'll do but for the most part he just stays away well Al had a lot of early like yeah he sang a lot and if you've only got a five piece, then Raven's got to step up and do some of this. Yeah, well, I mean, like, like Pomeroy pretty much fills in the Chris Meyer space. And then like, Chris definitely had a red button. But, like, you know, on, like, roundabout, 
you know, Trevor Singh and Plus do that. And then there's parts of Andrew and I that he's saying, all right, well, good, good, good. So, yeah, you know, I will say, sort of pursuant to the the now lost Chris Squire is special sauce comment, I don't think... Now lost? Yeah. Certainly Billy Sherwood does. And, and, but yeah, both both Sherwood and Pomeroy, I don't think they they really bring... I mean, they, they're good, but they're not special sauce. You know, it's, it's like when you... When you find the, the special sauce recipe on the internet and you try to make it at home and it's not quite the same? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just my thought. Although, you know, Chris Squire's special sauce effect really, I think, is most pronounced in the studio and in the collaboration of, you know, the creativity. Yeah, the live, the live stuff. Although important, I don't, I don't think it was as... On the flavor, I brought up the subject of leave it and how much yeah. I love that. But there are very few bits on the web that they did this live. You know, if you go to the YouTubes, there are only like two examples. Really? Oh yeah. It, 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 the, the good one kind of has like Anderson being a little sharp the whole time. It just kind of drives me nuts. Is that like the 921 live version? I think so. Yeah. 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 It's not. It's not amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Rock and Rio one is a disaster. Oh. Yeah, I don't think they had monitors. Yeah. I mean, not good monitors for five people to see. Yeah. I don't. So no one's like carried leave it into the present day, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. They just decided to leave it. They had to. They had no choice. I wish. I wish this door would be perfect. You know. I think people would go crazy. It's gotta be. It's gotta be near. Too many overdubs. Yeah. You know. It would be good to arrange for a choir. Maybe they did it on the Trevor Horn show. That would have been awesome. They had everyone up there who could do it. Trevor what? Trevor Horn show? Oh, oh, that would have been perfect. Yeah, that would have been the place to do it. Although, what would Steve Howe have done during Leave It? Imagine that. He would have to leave it. Yeah, since, you know, I have my own apartment now, so I can make a hell of a lot of noise, kind of. Um, yeah, I started jumping into, uh, I'm doing everything with capo so I can do it in my range. Yeah, yeah. So my list is crazy. It's um, little guitars. Um, Love it. Do you use a capo on that? Yeah. I can't sing a, a high A or whatever that bullshit is. So, yeah. I think they normally, he normally plays up the capo. Well, he plays on a different guitar, so it's in a different key. Yeah. Yes, but I think if you capo four, you'd be in that. Yeah. Key. It's out. Alright, so. Okay, so little guitars. I had a blast with Home by the Sea. Mm. Um, then I had one of the Lindsey Buckingham Thunderback songs. Having a blast with that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just hysterical. Then, then going back and like, oh, how could 
sticky and folky can I get with Holy Diver? Let me see. I'm trying to do some like open tuning with Holy Diver. Um, crazy train, different keys, fucking around with that. Because everybody knows it, you know? So. I hear you got to do the YouTubes first, so I just, maybe I should. I think I should commit to a version of a couple of these before I... And I think forcing myself to record it would help me commit to the... Yeah, I think you should just do it. I think you should just do it. Doesn't the Twisted Channel be like a... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, 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 all my contacts have either gone nowhere or gone pro, so it's like I don't know anybody in the middle. Yeah. It was like from the acoustic scene I hung out with, everybody either gave it up or the few people that like still did that were like playing the folk fest last time. They were like, because there was this one dude who owned a studio who was like, hooked up with Bon Jovi's people or some, whatever. So he had money or something. And like, Have time. Jay, have you considered like doing YouTube cover videos of like of like some great songs? You ever watch drum covers? Everything goes back to YouTube. We call. There's this guy. I don't know if you. There's this guy who who um, does bass covers on YouTube. It's a thing. I don't know if you ever seen this. And he he like is a huge like horror movie fan or something. And he's the whole back shelf of his studio is masks from scary movies of characters in scary movies. And he just records bass covers and he sets it up. He plays the song and he sits on a stool. And he just rocks, and he is incredible. Have you seen some? I've seen a lot of covers. I ain't seen no masks. So, <laughs> and uh, I could see you doing that. I could see you, like, you know, Mystic Rhythms. You know, just do a cover of that. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, like, because I'm trying to learn songs, and I'm, like, like going through all the, like, learn how to play Lindsay Buckingham. Like, I'm, okay. And then you get to all the people that do cover this shit. It's a bad. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's out there. I was like, oh. I got to see if you do really well at this J. Drum covers. Then you get some notoriety. And then you'll get people from all over the world wanting to collaborate with you. And then you play the drum part while they do all the others and they put it together. I'd be happy just making my hands and feet do what I want to do. There you go. When I go to YouTube, I... I if you were going to start a band, what kind of band would you start? Something that's fairly heavy. Like heavy, like... But like current. Like, like animals, fishbone needs animals animals logic. I gave them a listen. Do you remember? Have like, you ever heard plenty? It's more guitar with me. So what are, what's like some of the what's like a band that you listen to in that vein? Uh, low, low fat. <laughs> is it like instrumental or is there like low bass and stuff like that? Yeah, well, it's a, what I listen to in general is a, is a mix. Like uh, some like German bands like Rotor, all instrumental. Um, Mother Engine. These are all like stoner rock bands. So they're, they're 
young guys. It's heavy, grungy. Um, um, a lot of it is kind of jam bandish, but in a hidden way, not like it. It doesn't require a whole lot of control. Oh, you guys are the Kimmel's one. That's the heavy stuff. Yes. Alright, nice. Yeah, you should just put the hat out looking for those kinds of guys. Did they go for a 47-year-old Dude, you're pretty good. You know. You can't get rid of it. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of Progressive Palaver. Um, this was this was just a, a, a fun little way to get some conversation. You know, once again among four friends just having dinner together. It was it was a very very enjoyable evening. Progressive Palaver, as always, is available on both iTunes and Google Play, and we are hosted on SoundCloud. If you're on there, you can find us as well. If you would like to. Uh, Provide us your thoughts or comments or feedback or whatever. We would be we would love to hear from you. Um, you can reach us on Twitter at Progpala. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, both of those at Progressive Palaver. And we also have a YouTube channel. Um, I believe that's also Progressive Palaver. And you can always email us at Progpala, P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A, at gmail.com. So thank you very much, and we look forward to speaking with you next time.